Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Bart Reed's player profile and scouting report is brought to you by the Hoop Five Basketball Academy. All right, Bart, I've had this question asked of me before we dive into the Hoop Five performers of the week, both boys and girls. How do you go about deciding who uh, is worthy of this recognition from week to week? Well, it's a lot of information, and there's a ton of games going on right now, Randy. So there's tournament, tournament, tournament. So trying to keep up is not near as easy as what it sounds. So I've watched a ton of high school basketball games, of course. Keeping up with the data, keeping in touch, it's a nice thing when you train over 100 players. It tends to keep you in the know for certain stats, and now we're getting conference time, so it kind of narrows our focus in, so we're kind of just looking for those big, huge games that are coming up for that week, but also big performances that they've had either the week leading up to or if we expect them to perform extremely well. So it's a lot of different stuff in there, and there's a lot of worthy candidates, I can tell you right now, Mr. Rainwater out there. Well, Mr. Reed, I will tell you, as I did I guess it was yesterday that in just casual observation, did the same thing this morning as I looked through the box. Well, they're not really box scores or game descriptions, synopsis. And once again, it seems like we're seeing 25 plus point performances that are occurring night after night after night. And it's not exclusive to either the guys or the gals. It's both who are putting up extremely impressive numbers, uh, game in, game out. I guess, Bart, one of the other questions you were talking about, being able to get access to statistics, um, and we talked about that rare triple-double the other day, are we seeing anything even remotely close to that on the high school level? We, Randy, it's funny you said that because I was just looking at some statistics statistics from a couple of players and Randy we're touching I won't say night in and night out because that's that's really stretching it but we're touching numbers that are approaching triple double almost every single night and I'll, I'll just say this I was watching Pine Bluff play and they were they were playing like Hamilton and they play, play shared Gordon Crushfield was 27 7 5 and 4 that's listen that's an incredible game but he's touching the quadruple double and certainly he's almost had a couple of triple doubles and that is more of the let me say the rule versus the exception mm-hmm. that is happening a lot of places everywhere honor Botang is almost averaging got a triple double this year he almost averaged one last year he was 11 points in rebounds and i believe eight assists a game so it's there numbers are up the quality of play is up and i will say this parity in the state no matter what classification we're looking at guys it is equal pegging there are some 2a schools that i promise you the 5a and 6a don't want to see right now and probably vice versa so it's it's really great quality basketball bart which of the numbers which is the toughest to track for accuracy is it assist uh, is it rebounds yeah. i mean what what is the toughest number for you to track it's really it's it's it kind of goes back to the assists and probably the steals 
But, Randy, all these teams are using Huddle, and that's a great analytics tool where you can, you know, I can log into Huddle. I can see game game clip by game clip. I can see exactly the breakouts or steals. Assists are always that thing that kind of gets to be, did they take one dribble, they take two dribbles, or they take no So that would be probably the hardest thing. And then there's a lot of deflection. Are those steals? Are those a block? Um, we've got the points and we've got the rebounds nailed down. And that's another thing that's up, Randy, besides points, rebounds. Guess what happens when more shot attempts happen? There are more rebounds. So I'll brag on my daughter. She's already had a, uh, two over 10 rebound a game as a freshman starting high school. She had one where she had 16 in one game, her second game out there. Rebounds are up everywhere. So points and rebounds are sticking out, and also those assists are also creeping up. I'm seeing five and six a game for some of these point guards. So obviously she learned that from her mom, not from you, the art of rebounding. That's exactly that's right. If it's not scoring, she didn't get it from me. <laughs> Shoot. Holler and follow. Yeah. All right. Let's jump right into it. The Hoop Fi. Let's start with the uh, with the ladies this week. The Hoop Fi Female Performer of the Week. Okay. So Randy, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cheat a little bit. So on Saturday, Benton and Bryant are playing in a what will be a knockdown uh, game on the girls' side. So I'm gonna pick one from each play, uh, each team that I think are deserving. Brylin Finley is a 2024 point guard from Bryant who is playing exceptional this year. Her last four games, she's right at 20 points a game, right at five assists. She's really controlling the game. She has three to four Division One offers right now and is really trying to break out, obviously just the 2024, so she's still got some time left, obviously trying to break out to get to those power five. But she is an exceptional talent, a world-class sprinter, and she is doing her thing on the basketball court. She shoots the ball extremely well. She will be matching up against Benton. That has a star in the making. I always felt like she's one of the most underrated players in the state. Madison McIntyre, who's been the spark plug for the Benton Lady Panthers, who have won some big games that started off 2-0 and in the Deadly 5A South already. Madison is hovering right under 20 points a game in her last four. She hit five three-point shots. Two games ago and beat a very, very good El Dorado team on the road. Those two young ladies will be matching up Saturday to duke it out in the ever big Bryant versus Benton rivalry game. And let's switch now to the guys, the Hoop Fi male performer of the week. Well, I can't say enough about this this young man, Courtney Crutchfield from Palm Bluff. The Zebras have had probably Maybe the toughest high school basketball conference schedule or schedule as a whole outside of conference in the country. They have played team after team after team. They got two huge wins, and I think what will be the best, maybe pound for pound, the best top-to-bottom conference in the entire state, which is the 5A South. Courtney Crutchfield is averaging right at 22 points, six rebounds, and four assists a game along with three steals. He is a 2024, Randy. This guy is 6'3", 6'4", 180 pounds. Now, I'm not a football guy, but I've already heard he's got several, several Division One football offers. So this could be a guy that could be a Brandon Davis type of talent where he could almost play both ways, both ways but a phenomenal, and I mean phenomenal athlete. Absolutely explosive, extremely strong, finishes, controls the game, 
at 6'4", 185 pounds. He's almost playing a little bit of man amongst boys. But it's Courtney Crutchfield for the Pine Bluff Zebras. He is absolutely dominating the field right now. Hey, it kind of stole my thunder. Is he a football player, a basketball he, player, or both of them? He has posted on Twitter that he has received his second Division One offer, in this case from the Vanderbilt Commodores, to play football. There you go. Uh, Randy, next-level athlete. This guy is incredible. Uh Bart, speaking of next-level athletes, I don't have his name here in front of me, but I think he's averaging, if not 40, very close to 40. Who is the young man from Whitehall that is tearing it up? Jay Sean Hayes. So that was going to be – that was my toss-up. I was going to move Jay Sean over. Jay Sean Hayes is Josh Hayes' son, so he is a 2025. This kid is a baby. He played last year as a freshman, started as a freshman, was a key cog in the wheel. He had several monster games in Whitehall and started off finished last in the conference last year. Randy, they've won at El Dorado, won a big game at Lakeside, so they're already 3-0 and in conference. This young man is one of those, I think, a national type of talent, being a big guard. He's playing point guard, Randy. He's really 6'6", 6'7". His shooting has come along. He's just a phenomenal player, phenomenal talent. I certainly think he's a power five type of guy. But uh, he is really, really tearing it up, along with Keaton Stone, who we we previewed uh, let's see, two weeks ago, who is one of the best shooters in the state, who's a 2023. So Whitehall is bouncing back from a last-place conference finish to being at the top of the conference and has a chance to really make a deep run, especially with Jay Sean as the starting point guard. Is it Lance or Lane Taylor, the young man from Lane T- Farmington? Farmington. He's getting it done every night. Where is he? Where uh, where would he play his college basketball? I mean, this young man talking about tearing it up. He is tearing it up. He Lane is tearing it up. You know, Lane is just such a talented guy. I don't think Bill Ingram's higher on a player in a long time than I've seen him higher on this young man. He really firmly believes that he's just a star in the making. He's always around the basketball ring. I think he's went for fifty already uh several times Randy he touched 40 I think it's in his first four games as a freshman last year where he goes he's got two he's got two to three division one offers right now he certainly is a division one player I think this summer will be a huge summer for this young man because I think he's right on the cusp of really breaking out and getting some of those huge division one offers because I think he can play at that level he's got that type of size, he shoots the ball well, he defends really well, and he's always around the basketball. But I think Lane Taylor is the second-best player in the class, if you want my honest opinion behind Honor Botain. He's that good. No, I want you to flip to me. Uh, this from our Asher Record Service Company live fan feedback. We're going to switch gears for a moment. Uh, Jimmy says, I want to hear Bart's prediction. Uh, the Hogs start 0-2 in the SEC or 2-0 in the first two conference games of the season, opening up with LSU on the road. LSU, and then let's see, we travel to Missouri. No, LSU on the road, and then Missouri at home. So, oh, and then at at Auburn, yeah. Okay, so um, LSU has always been a tough matchup for us. It it, it scares us every time, it scares me every time the Hawks go down to uh, Pistol Peak. Arena. So I'll say this: I think the Razorbacks have a much better chance to be two and zero 
I think they will match up extremely well with LSU, even though they'll play, LSU will play at a very high pace. I think Arkansas has the weapons, especially if Ricky Council and Nick Smith can get, be on the same page, which it seems like for all intent purposes, they are playing extremely well together. And I think they handle business against Missouri at home, so I would have to lean to the 2-0 and up versus 0-2. And, and continuing on with our Asher Ricker Service Company live fan feedback, Asher says, does Bart know anything about Bradley? Will that be a good game? 20-and-a-half point favorite is the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, that's not a good deal. Well, no. Yeah. That, well, so I'll say this. Last time we traveled to Little Rock, it, it didn't turn out our way. So no. I, I, I don't think that has anything to do with this year. But no. Bradley is 7-3. and three. They're certainly not a bad basketball team. In fact, I – think that it was just last week or two when they played Auburn. They ended up getting beat by 20, but they they played a, a fairly decent schedule. They don't do anything exceptional. They're a really solid basketball team. They do have uh, a young man that's 6'9", who's, who's basically leading them in almost every statistical category. So they're, they're, they're going to be okay. There certainly is a game that you can't look over. Leon is the young man, so he's averaging 12.6 rebounds, two assists, and right at – uh, two and a half walks a game. So he'll be a force, and then they have a point guard from Shreveport who I had a chance to see play. He's 5-8, very explosive, uh, can control the tempo, Duke Dean. So he's a good player, but I think the Razorbacks, if they come out and do what they're supposed to do, could roll and, and really take care of business, and it could get out of hand early. Ooh, let's hope so. Hey, that'd be great. Yep. That'd be a shift there, yeah. Hey, by the way, and we can talk about the Razorbacks or anything else, last week you told us about a young lady, her first name was Brooklyn, oh. who had a quadruple double. <laughs> did you work on getting her on our show? I did. I did work. So I, I talked to I talked to Brooklyn's, Brooklyn's family. So I, I thought we could do that next week, but I did okay. reach out. Okay. And it is well, a, Randy, a phenomenal story. Rick and next I week's good. just had our mouths open at yeah. a young lady doing that, especially that young, but it's just incredible. I heard you too. I, yeah, I mean, a it, quadruple double. Yeah, a quadruple double. So yeah, okay. So you're working on that. So we're gonna get to talk to her. Yep, absolutely. Good. Yeah, if I remember correctly, listening, I, I think I heard Rick say "unbelievable" about three or four times. No, I didn't say that, but I, <laughs> but I'd say it bordered on it. You think, and and we, you know, I'd forgotten Courtney Forson, but you think in the history of Razorback bas- basketball, there have been two triple doubles, two. Triple doubles. I've never heard of a quadruple double. Never, ever, at any level. So, yeah, that's why I wanted to to get her on if we could. Well, that's why. I'm tracking tracking the triple doubles in high school basketball this year because there's going to be several, several, and I'm kind of interested to see where this goes because I think offense will pick up in January, and these numbers, like Randy said, man, they they really pop at how much these teams are scoring. So I'm going to keep track when we see the triple-doubles. Certainly probably won't see a quadruple-double, but uh, certainly I think we will see some triple-doubles. I think it goes back to the uh, clarity or definition of, as you mentioned, whether or not that was an assist or not. Uh, I don't know whether or not that was a deflection or whether or not that was a block. I mean, there's just uh, there's a lot of gray in there. Uh, that in some regards, if if a player's having that kind of night, uh, one or two interpretation can make the difference, even between a triple-double, much less a quad. 
uh, yeah. triple double. So that's uh, absolutely that's that's pretty pretty uh, cool when you get to that aspect of it. That uh, wow, I, I, a double double to me is pretty neat. Then you yeah. start talking triple double. Bart, when you think back upon your career, how many triple doubles do you think you had? <laughs> I, listen, I was trying to think back. I, I I don't even remember having one, but I think I averaged I averaged a double double for for three straight years. So I'll take that accomplishment. I don't remember ever having a triple double. Randy, as you know, it's kind of tough to pass the ball when you're shooting a lot. I started saying you you're like Pat Bradley. If you pass it to me, it, it goes down into this well. It's not coming back out. At least. Uh, going to another teammate, it's going towards the basket. But I know I give you a hard time well, about that. Well, no, as I tell my players, I was required to score. That's what the team needed. So that's what I relate to all my kids I train. That the team needed me to score, so I had to carry that burden. But uh, no, but Randy, so I had a high fifty-three. You know, that's almost been broken already this season by uh, on the shared boys side twice already. So. Like the, just the amount of points being put up is incredible. It's incredible. I keep seeing all of these, as I mentioned, I keep seeing all these numbers, whether it's uh, a double-double or uh, maybe it's 35 and 4 or 5 or 6, whatever it may be. But, man, I'm, I'm if, if the shot clock has brought this kind of transformation around uh, on the offensive side, we love seeing offense. I realize four corners, and I mean, I was stunned the other night. I don't know if you saw this number or not, Bart, Rick, maybe you too. ULR women were playing in Bowling Green, Kentucky, against Western Kentucky. Do you know? Do you do you know how many total points was scored that night by the Lady Trojans? How many? Take a guess. Oh, are we talking high? Uh, we're talking. High, we're talking say. Western Kentucky versus ULR women's basketball. Ninety points. How many points did the Lady Trojans score in that game? Okay, that's a pretty good guess. In the nineties, we'll say because of what you're you're leading us into that. I think. Opposite twenty-five. Oh. What points? Really? Oh, twenty-five wow. points! Wow! Uh, and wow. that's with the shot clock. So, uh, what wow. did Western Kentucky score? I want to say like forty-seven, uh, okay. forty-five, something like that. I mean, uh, this has been for those that are so familiar with the Sun Belt and and whatever name conference names they had before, but. And this was when Western Kentucky was in the same conference as UALR. But there there used to be some great games. I'm talking legendary great games. To see, and, and Joe has talked about it. Coach Foley's talked about it. They're, they're having problems offensively scoring points. And that yeah. obviously was one of the low points. Uh, I, I cannot remember yeah. any Coach Foley. And yeah, they play tough defense. They do this, they do that. But, I mean, that is almost beyond belief. Yeah, that's a junior high score. That's yeah. a junior high score, basically, is how you have to look at that. That's 
10 four yeah, minute quarters, and you end up with 25 points. That's hard. Hard to yeah. uh, grasp. Hard. And listen, if the Hogs struggle and lose the game, Ray, it'll be because of the point total. You could see us. I don't think scoring that low, but you could see us if we get in a, in a rut shooting the basketball and you don't get someone like Nick Smith off or Ricky Council off. I think that's what our Achilles heel is. Are we going to put up enough points to beat those caliber teams to make it to the Final Four? Because that's the expectations for the Arkansas Razorbacks this year. Oh, I'm going to put the um, the Rick Schaefer hex. I'm going to say the PT Peer, who I think can pull games out of the fire for the Arkansas Razorbacks. His name is Anthony Black. I don't know if you heard last night from Coach Richardson. He loves Anthony uh, Black, and for good reason. Kenny Hardaway Jr. Kenny Hardaway Jr., I'm telling you. Gotta love him. Just All right, Bart. That has been hey, our gentlemen. Hoop 5 Male and Female Performers of the Week. Drive Time Sports will continue.